Riley Reed, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty. This show illuminates the power of perspective, compelling you to tune into unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries interwoven with my own mental health stories, lessons, and philosophies. Hello and happy Wednesday. I hope no matter where you are, what you're going through, or how you're feeling, that You are giving yourself grace and going with the flow of life. Oh, how it ebbs and flows. I am doing pretty well. I've had a good week. It is still hot as all get out here in Austin. And the rain will not come. One day she will come, but uh, that day was not today. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling well. I'm feeling like I'm in good spirits, and I've been practicing a lot of awareness recently, and stepping into a new kind of meditation that I'm really excited about. Depression is something I haven't talked about in uh, well extensively yet on the show. I brought it up a little bit in the first few parts um, earlier this year, but it's not something I've really dived into. And I think that now is a time I would like to talk about it a little bit more, specifically about my experience. Some things that have helped me to get to the other side of depression. Um, And also just like a couple of Um, tools that I've come across recently that I've found really helpful. I say the other side of depression. I don't know. I think sometimes um, the experience is is kind of like a tunnel. Like I do think that there there are two sides to it. And I think it's really possible to get stuck in the middle of the tunnel. Uh, Tunnel starts to feel like a vacuum. It's very hard to get out. Uh, but I also think, and my therapist has told me this, that, um, you know, in a way depression can look like a wave, a feeling is like a wave and in order for the wave to come down, it has to go as all the way up, like to its, to its fullest height. (laughs) And if you don't let it go all the way up, like if you put a ceiling above it, then it'll just be like water washing up against that ceiling. Like it won't have the chance to to come down. There won't be any like gravity effect. And um, oh yeah, I think that's really true. I think when you feel a certain way and you try to resist the feeling, it just grows. It's crazy. It's like the resistance is like the fertilizer. <laughs> and so I've been working a lot on fully experiencing feelings, letting them flush out in healthy ways so that they don't take over my life. Um, But rather than oppressing them or stuffing them away in a closet or, you know, wherever they're deep, dark places. (laughs) And that's required a lot of discipline and forgiveness 
and, um, well, patience. But it's also been um, a process in figuring out what works for me. And, you know, sometimes it's hard not to like look around and see what other people are doing or to get stuck on a social media app and take advice from random strangers on the internet. (laughs) Um, I think sometimes like you have to kind of figure out what works for you. And if you're inundated with information externally, it's hard to actually figure that out. So I do want to start by saying I'm going to share what's been working for me and my experience. And I'm just going to kind of journal a little bit here in an auditory way. But I really, really encourage you to figure out what works for you. You know, hopefully this will help you feel seen and hopefully this will give you some insight. But moreover, I hope it encourages you to continue on your own journey and find your own personal crayons, you know, to draw the picture that you like, (laughs) makes you happy. I don't know, that was kind of a strange analogy. But you know, like, I just remember I used to I don't know, like when I was little and I was in class and we all got crayons, like sometimes I would look at what other people were coloring or how they were coloring or like the illustrations that they were doing. And I would think, oh, I'm not very creative because look at how good they are. And so sometimes I think, you you know, you have to be careful not to look at what other people are doing because it can stifle like the light that you have to offer, you know? And I think it's, it's similar when it comes to problem solving. Um, Though we have our similarities, we're all human, we beat to different drums, you know? So anyway, I started reading this book called No Bad Parts by Dr. Richard Schwartz. Firstly, I finished a novel called Luster, I have to say, a little bit of a side note. And it was spellbinding, highly recommend it if you want like a provocative, kind of dark a sexy, twisted, kind of comedic read um, that just has like insane prose. Highly recommend Lester. So I went from a novel, of course, to a psychology book um, that has just been totally transformative. It's called No Bad Parts. It's all about the internal family systems model, otherwise known as IFS. Um, this man has actually spoken to Esalen and I know he's on some podcasts and I think this system has become quite possible because all of, I mean, not possible. It's, it is possible. It's become popular because all of his, um, workshops are sold out. Like you can't, can't get into a workshop. Yes. I did consider getting certified. Um, I just started reading this book a few days ago and I am quite, uh, caught up in my feelings about it. It's been really, really, um, impactful and, um, yeah, highly recommend reading it, but I guess a couple of things that I've pulled from it that I want to share that, that can be relevant to depression are one, I do think that it is troublesome, um, when a psychiatric diagnosis 
um, is seen as the, the, the solitary, the, the main reason for symptoms. Um, I think that can be incredibly uh, limiting. I think it can really um, neglect other issues that need attention. Um, and I also think that it can even encourage or reinforce behavior um, that isn't corrected because it's it's blanketed by the diagnosis. So I say all that because, you know, my diagnosis has been kind of central um, to the, the, the at least flame of this new wave of the podcast, um, the fact that I live with bipolar too. And while I do believe that that's true and while um, that diagnosis in large part changed the way I treat myself, I mean, it, it was so helpful in giving me context around why I feel the way I feel, why I behave the way I behave, um, and also just how my history has affected me, and on and on. Um, I also see that as like a little tiny part of me, you know, kind of simultaneously. Simultaneously sounds like kind of dichotomous, but um, I think a lot of life is that way. So anyway, I say all that because if you do feel depressed or if you are going through a depressive episode, hopefully even though, again, vacuum, hopefully when you're in that space or when you're on one side or the other of the tunnel, you can recognize that that depression uh, does not consume who you are. It does not define who you are. It was just a wave, you know, that, that started at the bottom, went up, and then came down if you let it. And so um, I think that's really important to consider and that is a, a central theme in this book um he really talks about how well the title no bad parts like we all have parts within us none of them are bad and none of a, none of them override ourselves like self like capital s and so to feel depressed or to have a depressive episode that is just a part of you that's likely burdened um, whether it was, you know, from a past experience, whether it's um, circumstantial, whether, you know, it is um, something that you experience on a recurring basis and it's just kind of embedded into your personhood, whether it's ancestral trauma, whatever it is, it's, it's still a part that's grappling with a burden. And so finding the pathway to better understanding that part of you and giving that part space and respect and understanding and patience and all of that is so important. And so in this book, there are a lot of different exercises and meditations that can help you to literally speak to the different parts of yourself, better understand them and remedy really their fears and their pains because that is really like, those are the underlying issues. It, it's not that they're... Um, you know, it, it's not that they're like thriving, <laughs> you know, they're coming from a place of difficulty. Um, there's also a really good quote in the book by, uh, it's, it's a reference quote, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He says, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find in each man's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all his hostility. And... 
that quote is actually used to also reference like the internal enemy. You know, there is um, great sorrow and suffering in your internal enemies. Those are the parts who tend to hold you back, you know, tend to stifle your light. And so to recognize that like those parts of you are hurting, are coming from a place of pain gives you a little bit more grace. Like I said in the beginning, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you're feeling, I hope you're giving yourself grace. Um, It gives those parts grace to like address what's really going on, you know, to, to find the root cause. And so when you feel depressed, going back to depression, uh, when you're there, when you're in it, I mean, come on, like figuring all this out, having this like psychological conversation with yourself and going into a meditative space and reading a book. I mean, there's no way, you know what I mean? I mean, if you can do that, like I applaud you. But for me, if I, if I feel melancholic or if I feel depressed, there is very little that I want to do. Um, I, I would argue that there's very little I can do, you know, um, because it's such a paralyzing experience. And so I wanted to share things that you can do when you're depressed, when you're like in that space, um, to function, to feel even just like a tad bit better, um, to move through the tunnel knowing that the tunnel or the wave it it has to fully express like itself like it has to fully happen like you can't just unfortunately there's no saw like in the tunnel so you can't like cut a hole and get out (laughs) I'm sorry um you have to crawl through it you know so in order to crawl through like there are things you can do that can help you put one hand in front of the other one knee in front of the other to get to the other side Um, And so a few weeks ago, I did an EDMR session. I'm not going to get into it deeply because it it's it's just like a therapeutic modality that like I think should deserves an entire podcast episode. But um, essentially, it's it helps you work through trauma Um, and it's kind of bodily and almost a little hypnotic. And so it can be pretty triggering for people you literally address like specific traumas and so I did my first session with my therapist who I've been seeing for gosh like four years which is wild um and I had done it before a long time ago and had found it relatively useful but the person who I did it with turned out to not be the right person for me anyways I did this session you know a few weeks ago and we knew that it could lead me into a space of darkness because, you know, especially in the beginning of EDMR, you're unearthing a lot and, and things might come to the surface that haven't been thought about for, for a long time. And so I experienced a lot of anxiety that evening and the next few days, almost all actually almost an entire week, I felt very low and and very depressed and exhausted and just spent and and thankfully and this does not go for anyone everyone I know this is a privilege thankfully I was able to clear a lot of my schedule 
I told people, and this is, this is advice. I told people, I'm not feeling well. You know, you can go so far as to say that you are ill because your mind is, is very important. It's a part of your body. I mean, it, it, come on, think about the effect that it has on your life, right? So if your mind isn't balanced, or if it's not feeling good, then you certainly are not well. And so, you know, if you need to cancel on someone, if you need to change up plans or taper back, it's okay to say, I'm not doing well, I'm not feeling well. Um, If you don't feel comfortable revealing exactly what's going on, that verbiage is okay. And so thankfully, I was able to clear my schedule. Um, That first day was the worst day. And I like could not get out of bed. Um, I was just everything was so heavy and just bleak. And you know, depression is oftentimes not necessarily sadness, but, but numbness. It's just like, avoid a tunnel. You know, it's like, it's never going to end. And nothing matters to the point of just like, you know, what I, I don't even know what I'm doing with myself. You know what I mean? Like there's just, I don't know. It's like, there's no air in the room. It's, it's truly, truly for me. And I think for many or for anyone who's suffered with it, it's, it's the worst. It's absolutely awful. And personally, it's, it's worse when there's like no specific reason. Like I can't really tell you why I feel this way. I just feel this way or I don't feel anything at all. Um, and so I called my therapist. I'm actually, I texted her, which I rarely do. And if you have a texting relationship with your therapist, I would like to say where you text them regularly and you guys have like banter, then I encourage you to question your relationship with your therapist. You and your therapist should have a healthy working relationship, which means it's it's not necessarily personal. Hopefully they know a lot about you and you've divulged and you feel comfortable, but the relationship is not meant to be necessarily even playing field, meaning you're not friends. You know, you might be friendly, but they work for you. You pay them to give you a service. And so, and and it's in regards to your health. It's very, it's, this is a serious thing. Um, so it's really hard for me when I hear that people like talk to their therapists casually and their therapists divulge all these things about their lives. And, you know, I think boundaries are so important. And in part, my therapist, there's been in this kind of relational therapy because she's taught me what a healthy relationship looks like anytime there's been a conflict meaning there was a misunderstanding or I didn't like the way something happened or whatever she's taught me that there is a healthy way to address that conflict it doesn't have to feel so scary and so um I think that's just something I really wanted to say um but I did get off track Anyways, coming back to the text that I did send her, I'm very lucky that I have that, that access because sometimes it's, you know, needed. Um, so on the rare occasion I texted her and she ended up calling me, um, you know, out of concern and 
long story long, um, I just did not know what to do. So I was like, what do I do? And, you know, my husband wasn't home. He was working. I did not want to burden him. Um, and I was just like, I, you know, it's five o'clock. I haven't left the bed and I just, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. You know, I don't want to be in this state. And so she asked me, like, what are things that you would do if you feel like you could do them? <laughs> and I was like, well, I would go to the gym, but I don't want to see anybody. And it feels far away. It's not far away. And I don't feel like lifting anything or putting any clothes on. It, that just seems difficult. I would go on a walk, but... I have to put my shoes on and that just seems like a lot. This <laughs> literally, this is, this is depression, right? And I said, I would cook. I love to cook, but I don't know what I want to eat and I'm not hungry. And I said, I would draw a bath, but then I have to wait for the water to rise. <laughs> and she paused and she said, okay, well, out of that list of things, I think you should do the bath. And she said, all you have to do is get out of bed, go turn on the water, make sure the drain is shut, and then get back in bed and set a timer. And it was so simple. And that's what I needed. Simple. Just something clear and straightforward and something that had very distinct steps. If you're in the tunnel, the void, the vacuum, the web that is depression, it can feel very complex. It can feel overwhelming. And so to have those steps, short, clear, very easy to follow steps, um, is actually soothing in and of itself. And so I did not get to the bath right away. Um, it actually wasn't until Jack home until I got to the bath, to be honest. But, but it, it was the thing that I needed. And Jack ended up helping me like set up a whole space. And the dogs lay in there with me and just feeling kind of held by the water in and of itself, just held by the water um, was really, really grounding even though I was in water so number one if you're in that kind of like eight to ten level eight to ten depression bath is the way to go if you don't have a bath if you don't have a tub shower uh, a shower can be just as comforting highly recommend tying some eucalyptus around your shower head soothing, peaceful, relaxing music, a candle or some incense, just like really allow all of your senses to fully immerse in the experience, like a spa-like shower. Um, throughout that week of feeling depressed, and that was the most, my most recent experience of, of a depressive episode, they were essentially, I, dis I discovered there were like tears of tasks I could do for myself um, 
but like the the day one the tier that was the hardest like the bath was it you know what I mean I wasn't gonna like go run a marathon um not that that would be something I would do for myself (laughs) anyways um and so the tiers that I discovered were one bath two let someone tend to you and that can be anyone but ideally it's it's a person who sees you who loves you who understands you and who won't ask any questions that's like that's key um a lot of those questions can't be answered and it's just too exhausting to go there so if if they see you're in distress if they see that you're depressed they just say I love you I have concern for you and I want to take care of you. And that's it. There, there are no questions asked. There's no fluff. It's just love and care and tenderness. The, the next tier is you, you the depressed person, tend to something that's alive. Take care of a plant. Take care of some flowers. Take care of a pet take care of someone that you love, someone who won't question. Um, even if you don't have, if you don't have plants, if you don't have flowers, if you don't have pets, and if there are no people around, taking care of something that's living can also be walking to a park and sitting under a tree and meditating because there is synergy in that experience between you and that tree. And if you don't have to, don't know how to meditate, then just sit there quietly with your eyes closed. That's plenty good enough. Um, and, and any UV rays that hit your face, any breeze that, you know, goes by, all of that is just incredibly nourishing. The next tier is to cook. Just make some like chicken noodle soup or rice soup or tortilla soup (laughs) you pick your carve whatever um you know just the act of like chopping vegetables um again it's that method you know it's like with the bath like you, you turn the water on and you close the drain and you add stuff to it and you wait it's like there's a rhythm there same with cooking you know you have your ingredients you wash them you cut them, you chop them, you put them together, you add, but you know, this is a very like, ah, there's just like a method to it. And, and that can help get your body and your mind into step. And it also just shows you, reminds you that you are like very, very talented. <laughs> like you're very capable. Um, you're very responsible. Like you can do you can cook a meal you can do anything you know what i mean like you can water a plant you can do anything you can cleanse yourself wow <laughs> you know like these these feel very basic but when you when you do them if you pay attention you'll notice that like you have a really beautiful ability to impact your environment to impact things and people and plants and animals around you to to make something beautiful you know what I mean so um so yeah cook something 
And then I, I kind of had this in tier three, which was like the 10 to something living, but in tier five, it's go outside. So maybe that thing that you tend to has to be an, an indoor plant. Like for me, it's pretty hard to leave the house if I feel depressed. Um, but, but anyway, tier five is, is to leave the house. Like hopefully by this point, you, the depression, you know, the wave is starting to kind of crash uh, or you're, you've reached almost the end of the tunnel. You can see some specks of light, whatever the analogy is for you. And you can, can leave home, leave the container and put yourself in another environment. Um, I had to go to a nursery the other morning and I woke up really early to go. Um, I think I woke up at like six, which I mean, it's relative, but, um, it was more so just that like, I don't go to nurseries at 7am usually. <laughs> so it felt early. Um, but it was so nice. Like I just went to this nursery and walked around and looked at plants and, it was great. It was, I'd never been there before. The plants were thriving. You know, it was not a hundred degrees. It was like 90 degrees, <laughs> but just being in another space outside, it felt so good. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the fifth one. And I, there's a great book. I randomly sort of randomly had dinner with this guy um, Dr. Alardi, this guy, this man, this gentleman, um, <laughs> it was in spring of 2020, like right before everything hit the fan and none of us could actually be together. Um, and he's amazing. He wrote this book called the depression cure and I love it. It's, it's really rich. Um, and it's actually a lot of it's about, addressing depression without drugs, without medication. Um, and I think that's really powerful. I also am in the camp of people. Um, uh, I believe in an integrated approach. I think that medication can be really powerful if, um, it's used properly, um, and subjectively. But I also think that, um, there is a lot of opportunity to thrive without it. It's very difficult considering the world we live in, but it is possible. Um, and I love his approach. Uh, it's, it's really accessible and he really takes you through the different steps, um, to address depression. And again, it's like that step, uh, you know, perspective, like really looking at it as, as like a method as a process. Um, and he talks about food and he talks about exercise and, um, yeah, highly recommend the depression cure. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I really want to drive home again, that all of us have different experiences around these things as similar, um, as we are. And I also want to remind you that, um, there is really something to be said for tapping into the creative person that's in you, <laughs> it's in all of us. Um, you know, there's, there's something to be said for like the beauty that is in melancholy, the 
the beauty that is in sorrow and sadness and what can come to the surface when you really allow it to breathe and to flow. Um, there's this really amazing newsletter. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. My friend forwarded me um, one one of them. Just She said, oh, you know, I thought of you. And it, it was really about the bittersweet. And it, it goes through all of these different, like, incredible, like, pieces of art and poems and paintings and just it's it's so good and I loved it it really resonated with me um and there's a quote that stood out and it says I suspect that beneath it all is not an acceptance of but the longing for an acceptance of the elemental interplay between darkness and light beauty and sorrow, mortality and meaning, the longing we transmute into meaning, the great act of creation. So the next time you feel low or sad or melancholic or depressed or all of the above, let yourself be in that space entirely Take a bath or a shower. Just get to some water. And somewhere within you, despite the void, despite that dark abyss, remember that there is real beauty and power and purpose in the feeling. And there is a way to translate it into something meaningful and into something truly, truly healing so that that part of you can recognize that they are safe, that you've, you've got them, you're holding them, and all will be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your listening ears mean the world to me and they're what makes this podcast real. If you have a moment, please rate and review. It helps a lot. You can meet me on Instagram at Riley Blanks Reed. Learn more about Woke Beauty at wokebeauty.com. And you can always drop some feedback in my inbox at Riley at wokebeauty.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, remember, you can have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful.